Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Turn with me, if you would, to Joshua chapter 7. And uh, as I mentioned just a moment ago, something that has been on my mind a lot this week is really what God started speaking toward the end of service last week when we were really in the altar time. God started talking about, you know, stepping over preconceived ideas and moving past uh, some of the little things that trip us up and keep us from really getting victory in our lives. And I just felt like I couldn't leave that thought kind of open. I wanted to go back and dig into that uh, a little bit deeper. We talked about following faith and so we're going to get into that this morning and uh, just really talking about stepping over what is in our way to get what God has prepared for us. So today I want to take you a little bit further in that thought. Uh, The Word of God says this in Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. That's a good scripture for us this morning. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God has already thought through my process. God's already thought through the steps in my life. God has already made a way and a plan for me. And that if I will connect with Him and find that way, then there is a path to get me from where I am to where I want to be. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. It goes on to say that in Proverbs 14, 12, that there's a way that seems right to man but in its end is the way of death. And in other words, it may make sense, but it leads me to trouble. I think it's safe to say that my way of doing things may not be God's way of doing things. Pastor, I found that out the hard way. That God's way of doing things may not be my way of doing things. Uh, also, Proverbs 4.19, it says this. It says, The way of, a wicked, of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Verse 26, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left and remove your foot from evil. This morning I want to preach to you on ordered steps. Help me pray. Father, I thank you again for your presence in this room. I thank you for the hearts that are being conditioned right now for what you're about to speak in this place. Lord, for anybody that's getting tripped up by the stuff of life, I pray that God, today we would learn to step right over that into the victory that you have prepared for us. I know that God, your word tells us that your, your steps, our steps are ordered by you. We know you have a plan. We know you have a purpose. We know you have a way to get through the difficulties that we face this morning. And I pray that God, through this message, you would reveal to us just how to do that. We thank you for what you're going to do in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Joshua, turn with me to Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. It says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Here's the first point this morning is this, that God's way is the way. God's way is the way. 
God has a plan, God has a purpose, God has a way to do things and if we'll connect with that, it's a lot better than us trying to figure it out on our own or trying to make things happen on our own. We read this story. What's going on in our story? Well, remember back to the children of Israel and and the story of Jericho. Jericho was the first uh, big city that they encountered when they come into the promised land. It was a walled city. It was huge. It was fortified. It had mighty men fighting in it. I mean, it was an overwhelming battle that had to be fought. Achan, uh, one of the guys that we're going to read about here in our story, when, when Jericho was given to the children of Israel, we know the miraculous story how God had them march around the city and the walls fell and, and God really gave them a victory through miracle. But God said something to them before they ever fought the battle and that was this, that this city belongs to me. You're not supposed to take anything from this city You're not supposed to uh, take any of the cattle, any of the jewels, any of the things you find. You're supposed to to, to give it all to me as an offering to me. And here's the reason why for that. Because everything that is first belongs to God. A principle there that we live by is that first things belong to God. So a, a first portion of my time should belong to the Lord. A first portion of my effort should belong to the Lord. A first portion of my resources and money should belong to the Lord. The first things always belong to God. And so when God said to them this in Jericho, He's saying to them, look, the first things belong to me, and so make sure you give me the first things. Achan says he's got a better way. I've got a different plan. And so what he does is everybody follows God's way except for this guy named Achan. And Achan takes some things. He hides them in his tent. And so God is not very happy with the children of Israel because they're transgressing and not following His way. God has established a way. His Word lit the path of His way and Achan said, look, I think I've got a better way to do this. Remember back to our scripture, Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Again, 3723 of Psalms, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God's way is the way. Now look at verse 2 of Joshua chapter 7. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. Ai was much different than Jericho. Jericho, again, a walled city, fortified, double walls. I mean, it was just an impenetrable fortress that was established there. God does a miracle, miraculously delivers that into the hands of the children of Israel. And then they come to this other city named Ai. Ai actually in Hebrew means this. It means ruin, the ruin. It was not fortified. It was nothing but a big stack of rubble where there were still some people living there Uh, enough to uh, merit a battle, but it was a city of rubble. It was broken down. It was falling apart. It was just barely there. There wasn't many men. There wasn't any fortifications. There shouldn't have been anything there in that city that should have been an issue for the children of Israel. But here's the problem. When you start to step out of God's way and do things your own way, you start to step out of God's provision, God's plan, God's, uh, God's presence, God's everything, and then you get yourself exposed to an enemy that is greater than you. We are not able to defeat the enemies of our life in and of ourselves. We need a God who is backing us up and giving us the strength to do that. And so they come to Ai. And this is what the scripture says. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon on the side of Bethel, and spoke to them saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, 
But let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. Now let me tell you this, that victory, when it is not put in the proper perspective, the proper context, breeds overconfidence and it breeds arrogance. Do not lose sight of the truth. Do not lose proper perspective. We don't win the battles. God wins the battles through us. He can win without us, but we can't win without Him. Let's make sure that we keep that straight in our heads. Here's what's going on. Jericho was a tremendous victory. It is amazing what God did. And so this all of a sudden begins to go to the heads of the children of Israel. When they step over into Ai, this is their attitude. Look, that place ain't nothing. If we can beat Jericho, then we can certainly beat Ai. And so we don't even need to take everybody. We just need a few guys to go over there and knock this out today. Overconfidence breeds arrogance. And now they have an issue. Every victory in your life is through partnership with Him. Every victory in your life comes through partnership with God. It does not happen any other way. I realize that coming off a win, we feel great. We feel like we did it. It may even look like it was all us. But without Him, it does not happen, cannot happen, and will not happen. It takes God. It takes God to get it done. Let me go a step further with this. If it wasn't for Him, you'd be dead. You'd be done. You'd be over. You'd be finished. You'd be in a ditch. You'd be in a grave. You'd be in a mess without Him. Now I'm just getting real with you this morning. Is that okay? Because I don't know if uh, some of us have been under the illusion that maybe we're just doing our own thing and we're getting it all done on our own power. But the reality is without God, it doesn't happen. Without God, my kids fall apart. Without God, my, fa- my marriage falls apart. Without God, my finances are in the tank. Without God, my health isn't any good. Without God, nothing gets done that gets done. We need Him i got about five people that believe this morning that we need Him. I'm talking to, a, to you this morning about our Savior. You need Him in your life. You can't do this without Him. Wake your neighbor up and make sure they're with us this morning. Check their pulse. I'm talking about Jesus and I'm talking about the fact that we need Him to get through the day to day. It's because of Him. And so when you get the victory, make sure you give Him the glory for that victory. Our trouble's always going to follow. We, this is something that I've come to understand in my own journey, in my own life, is that we are most susceptible to failure after a great victory. That after we knock it out of the park and we accomplish something great, we get confident to the point sometimes that we get overconfident and we let our guard down. We start to let our guard down and we start to just give a pass to the temptations of the enemy. The euphoria of a win can take you places you don't need to go. It can even get to the point that you start to give yourself a pass because of what you've accomplished. And if that's not a works mentality, I don't know what it is because this is the way that is. We are in our minds are going, look at this. I did all of this good, so it's okay for me to do a little bit over here because at the end it all balances out. It's a works mentality. 
we are most susceptible to failure after a great victory. Because you let your guard down. Sometimes you feel so good, you let your guard down. And when you let your guard down, this is what happens, verse 4. So about 3,000 men went up from there, from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Defeat happens when you let your guard down. And you'll let your guard down when you lose sight of God's way and start doing your own thing. God's way is the way. Let me say it to you this way. You can do things your way or God's way. But God's way is not your way. And He'll get out of the way and let you have your way if that's the way you want it. God's way is the way. Here's the second point this morning. Not only do you have to do it God's way, but you also have to step over some rubble in your life. You have to step over some rubble. You know, you have to step over some things if you're going to step into victory. I've got to step over some stuff if I'm going to step into victory. The battle of Jericho is not won when the wall falls. The battle of Jericho is won when people step over what was the wall and they step into the victory on the other side of that and defeat the enemy that's standing on the other side of the rubble. That's when the battle's won. Ai is a ruin. It is a city of nothing but rubble. But instead of stepping over the rubble, the people are tripping on it and they get beat because of it. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't be tripping The enemy's plan is to trip you up. Proverbs 4.19 says, The way of wickedness is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Hosea 14.9, The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. In Jericho, Israel is following God's way. They're listening step by step as to what God is instructing them to do. As a result of that, they get over the rubble and they get into the victory. In Ai, they are rebelling against God's way and they are stumbling over the rubble into defeat. Now listen, this isn't the only case that we can see in Scripture. Scripture is full of people who are tripping over the rubble of life. David tripped on the roof of his house over Bathsheba. Elijah tripped on intimidation from Jezebel. Samson tripped over a pretty girl with some scissors. Moses tripped over frustrating people. Esau tripped over a bowl of soup. Peter tripped over fear. Thomas tripped over doubt. Ananias and Sapphira tripped over greed. And the list goes on and on people that are tripping over rubble in their life. Things they just can't get past. Things that are tripping them up. In our lives, we trip over sin. We trip over fear, over intimidation, over legalism, over insecurity, over our thinking, over our preconceived ideas, our perspective, our past, our present, our future. We trip over people, over hurt, over hang-ups, over habits. We trip over offense, over misunderstanding, over being oversensitive and underappreciated but it's rubble. Do you hear me this morning? I said it's rubble. It's, it's trash. It's, it's tripping over your own feet. So here's the answer to that. Pick up your feet. That's it. Pick up your feet. Anybody ever 
<laughs> ever tripped over nothing? Like a line on the floor that's not even raised? I mean, you trip on it? We're walking down through New Orleans. And April's trying to play on her phone while she's walking. She kept tripping. And I'm like, will you please just put your phone up? You are tripping over little cracks like that. But we do that all the time in life. We're tripping over somebody didn't say hi to me. We're tripping over somebody wasn't kind to me. Somebody cut me off. Somebody didn't listen to what I had to say. Somebody didn't honor my feelings. Somebody didn't regard how I felt about this. I mean, and we're tripping over all kinds of petty things that keep us from walking into the victory that God has for us. You have to step over some stuff. Pick up your feet. here's, Here's another way of saying it. Step higher. Step higher. You can step over anything if you step high enough, right? And so that's the challenge for us is that we got to learn to step a little higher, a little bit over all of that stuff that gets in our way. When somebody doesn't treat you right, just step over that. That's their issue. That's not your issue. It only becomes your issue when you take it on and make it your issue. That's their problem. That's not my problem. I'm taking that home. I'm not bringing that with me. I'm not letting their attitude infect my my attitude. I'm going to stay positive. I'm just going to stay away from them, but I'm going to stay positive. Don't let somebody else's issues become your issues. Don't let somebody else's struggle become your struggle. You've got to step higher than that. And grace will help you to get the lift you need to get over the stuff, the rubble, the trash that's trying to trip you up and keep you from the victory in your own life. I love dealing with people in the relational aspect. Whether it's marriage or whether it's just two friends, it doesn't really matter to me because most of the time, the stuff that keeps people apart is really insignificant. The stuff that keeps people apart is is hurts over things that really 90% of the time are insignificant. I don't like the way they do this. Well, they don't like the way you do this. And so are we going to trip over each other? Are we just going to learn to give each other a little bit of grace and and learn to live life together? You know, if we sat down and we took a list of things we don't like about each other, I'm sure we could all come up with a bunch of stuff. But I would rather make a list of the things I do like about you and focus on those things rather than the things I don't like. Amen. Amen. We're hung up on the wrong things. And so here's the, question, here's the question this morning. What are you tripping over in your life? What is it that keeps you tripped up? What is it that you can't seem to get past? Every time we go to this point, it's just this same issue keeps coming up. What is it that you need to get past? And I'm not suggesting that we just ignore every issue that comes along in life. That is not at all what I'm saying. But I'm saying we got to get past it. And so you either got to move it out of the way or you got to step over it. But you got to deal with that because on the other side of it is the victory that you're looking for. On the other side of it is the life that Jesus has promised us. On the other side of that is the hope and the future that God has promised us. Even think about the word rubble. Think about that. It, it, it's trash. It's, it's things that need to be hauled off, need to be thrown away. And we can't spend our lives tripping on trash, tripping on stuff that needs to be hauled out of our lives. Get rid of the rubble and you can step right into 
victory. God has ordered your steps. And those steps are a way past, past the rubble of life. Don't stumble on the rubble. Joshua chapter 7 verse 6 says, Then Joshua tore his clothes, fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, they put dust on their heads. This is a sight. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this on your people Brought, the, brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. God, this is a battle to fight and I don't want to fight it. I think I'll just be content to stay right here where I'm at. What's it going to take to get you from this point to the next place that God's trying to take you? Verse 8, O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Well, if it didn't go right, it has to be God's fault. I mean, it's got to be. I know I didn't do anything wrong. I know I've been perfect in all of these decisions. So if it didn't go right, it must be God's fault. I bet, I bet this, I bet if you could interview Joshua today, and pull him up here, I bet you he would say something like this. I bet he would say, you know, something didn't feel right about that morning. Something was a little off that morning. I didn't feel peace about what we were doing. I wasn't sure what was off, but I'm just telling you, if I had it to do over, I would do it differently. I bet you Joshua would say that, because I can tell you he would say that because I've said that a hundred times in my own life. Something didn't feel right. Something wasn't right. Something I knew better than to pursue this. And I ignored that little feeling in my life and went ahead and did it. And now this is the result of what I've got going on. And so here's the next point. You've got to follow after peace. Follow after peace. Peace is the key to the path of God. God gives you peace in your spirit concerning His ways and His plan. Because His peace guides your way. Anytime you don't have peace, you need to pause. Anytime you don't have peace about something, you need to stop and pause. You have peace, then you pursue. You don't have peace, then you pause. Buying a house. If I don't have peace about it, I don't do it. Buying a car. I don't have peace about it, I don't do it. Making a decision about college, about a girl, about a guy, about anything in life. If I don't have peace, then I need to pause and let God work it out in my life. Peace is the path to God's plan. Let me ask you this. How many things in my life, in your life, could have been avoided if I had just followed after peace? Man, I wouldn't be in the mess I'm in today, Pastor, if it had just followed peace. Yep. And that's so true about so many things. I can't tell you how many times in my life it's been that way where we just ignored what we felt and did it anyway because we were determined to do it. And as a, at, after it's over, you're like, man, what a mistake that was. It could be that a God who sees all things is trying to warn us from trouble ahead. And it makes perfect sense that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, following after peace, really means I'm keeping in step with Him. I'm just walking where He has already walked. Joshua falls to pieces when all he had to do was follow after peace. Fall to pieces or follow peace. That's really our choice that we have. And then verse 10 says, So the Lord said to Joshua, Get up, 
Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have taken some of the accursed things, and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy those accursed things from among you. I love God's response to Joseph. And let me give it to you in kind of my own version, my own translation. This is the BPV translation. Joshua, quit being dramatic. It's real simple. You, you all want to do it your way. This is the result. You want my power, my provision, my presence, then follow my way and follow after my peace. It's very simple. God will help us by giving us a way that is the way to get us to where we want to go. We may have to step over some rubble in life. We may have to step over some things. Lord, go ahead and come. And if we'll follow after peace in our decision-making process, I promise you it will always connect back to God's way of doing things every single time. A good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. I want ordered steps. How about you? Stand with me across this place. Those steps, the ordered steps of God, lead to victory every single time. Every single time. With every head bowed and every eye closed across this place this morning. God's way is the way. Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Listen, there is no other way to get to God. There is no other way to get to life. There is no other way to get to freedom. There's no other way to get to happiness. There's no way to get to peace. There's no way to get to any of those things except through Jesus Christ. He is the way. And so this morning, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I really have a genuine relationship with Jesus or not. I'm not sure today where I stand in regards to my relationship with God. I I don't know if Christ was to come back today where that would leave me. If I would go with Him, be a part of His kingdom, or if I would be left behind. The good news is you can know today exactly where you stand with God. The Word of God tells us that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from unrighteousness. He'll make it all right. He'll take the past and clean it up. He'll take the present and put it in order. And He'll he'll take the future and make it secure. And He'll do all that stuff for you right now in this moment by simply just calling upon His name and asking Him to be the Lord of your life. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what the Scripture tells us. And so if you're here today and you say, I don't know where I stand with God. If you'll just slip your hand up right where you are and just signify that to me this morning that I don't know where I'm at with God. I don't know where I stand with God. I don't know what my life is like. I need to have the assurance of a relationship with Jesus. Yes, I see that hand. Are there others in this room today that says, that's me. I need to know that I know that I know that I know that I'm right with God, that I'm standing right with the Lord and that He is with me in this journey called life. If that's you, would you just signify your your need for God by raising your hand in this room? Yes, amen. Amen. I want to pray a prayer for you. 
And I'm going to ask you right where you are just to simply pray in your heart and ask God to come into your life. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to take away the, 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 the mistakes of the past and to give you a new lease on life this morning. And Jesus will do just that. He's going to walk right into your life this morning. Father, I thank you for these that have raised their hands in this, in this church service. Lord, they're signifying that they need you, that their life is incomplete without you. They don't know where they stand, but today, Lord, they want to be sure that you are their God and they are serving you, that they are the children of God. They have become heirs with you in your kingdom. Lord, I pray that God, any person that has raised their hand, that Lord, as they call upon your name, that you invade their lives, Lord, this morning, that your spirit would settle upon them, that old things would be eradicated, God, and new things would emerge. Lord, we get to start over, we get to begin again, and we get to experience a new life that you've given us. Lord, I thank you for these that are giving their heart and life to you this morning, that are surrendering their soul to you this morning, God, and they are saying today that God's way is my way, and I'm going to follow after him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. We thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Now, if you're here this morning and you say, I've got some stuff that I need to step over in my life. I've got some things that are keeping me from victory, things that I've just been tripping over in my life. Let God take care of them this morning. Let's get rid of the rubble that stands between you and victory this morning. Maybe you're here and you say, I'm seeking God's peace about something in my life. I need to know God's way about a situation that I'm facing in my life. Let God guide and direct you this morning and let His peace be a light to your path today. If that's you, would you come? Let God begin to work in this situation in your life. Don't get hung up. Don't get tripped up. Don't get, don't get stopped by little things that can easily be put under the blood of Jesus and taken care of at the cross of Christ. Let's surrender them at the altar this morning. Would there be anybody else today that says, that's me. Come on. Come on. Let God work in your life this morning. Let God do something big for you today. I'm going to ask some of you to come and stand behind these that are in the altars and let's lift them up this morning and pray for one another. Come on and help me. Amen. Amen. Father, you see the needs that are here represented in these altars today. You see the lives, the people, Lord God, that, Lord, just whatever it is that may be tripping them up and keeping them from the victory that you have promised in your word, Lord, we want to get it out of the way. We're going to step higher, Lord. We're going to step over those things. We're not going to let them trap us and keep us. And, Lord, we're not going to let the enemy use them as a stumbling block to keep us from the places you're trying to take us. Lord, if we're praying about a decision or about a path, about something that we need done, Lord, we know you have a way that is established, and we need you, God, to reveal that way. I pray that, God, you would show us exactly what we are to do. Your word is a lamb unto our feet. It is a light into our path. It illuminates our steps. God, you are the great light of the world. I pray that, Lord, you would show us exactly what we are to do in this moment. We're seeking your peace. We're seeking your peace, Lord God. We need your peace to guide us and direct us. Lord, without it, we're not moving. Without it, we're not taking steps. Without it, Father, we're not advancing one step further. But, Lord, we're going to wait on you, and we're going to get your strength. We're going to get your help. We're going to get your direction. And you're going to allow us to go into the place that we know we're destined to go. Here's what you have to trust, church. Is that you have to trust that God has your best interest in mind. 
You have to trust that if he says no, it's for your good. If he says yes, it's for your good. If he says wait, it's for your good. That whatever he does is for your good. Lord, we trust that. We know all things work together for good for those who serve you and those who are called according to your purpose. We trust you, Father. And we're going to wait on you. We're going to wait on you. We're going to wait on you, Jesus. We're going to wait on you, Father. God, move in the lives of your people here in these altars this morning. Do a work for them, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself face down on your shore. Say, come to the river.